0: Hey, it's Orton Ross again. This is the Plain English Podcast. And uh, I actually have some notes today so that I'm not just rambling incoherently. And I moved the camera a little bit so you can see one of the, uh, this is the main room in our basement. It is uh, an Irish pub um, because my wife is Irish and because alcohol is good sometimes. So we have got the Christmas tree up. And uh, Thanksgiving is next week, and uh, it's kind of crazy. I didn't even realize that until somebody was asking me about talking next week. And uh, this is going to be the first Thanksgiving that we haven't gone to my grandma's house since I've been alive. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of time before that. Um, So it's really nice, you know, that we can cancel Thanksgiving and Christmas. And, you know, we canceled Easter and my kid's first birthday party. Really nice. You know, it, it's always good when you can just cancel everything for a virus that has a mortality rate under one percent, because that's that's really what you know, we should be aiming for. I, I think during the holiday season, let's just try to make sure that, uh, you know, we ruin as many things as possible. So today they found a third county in Georgia where votes. We're just not put into a machine. So apparently all of these people at the voting precincts are scanning the papers into a machine. They take the memory card from the machine and they're supposed to put it into something else so that the votes are counted and they're just forgetting in several counties. And I don't know why my screen keeps doing that, Um, but they keep forgetting in several counties and uh, you know, it seems kind of weird uh, it seems really weird that you would just forget, especially in the current County. Uh, it's called Walton County. It's a, there's a town called between, I think it's between Athens and Atlanta. Um, and there's 870 votes it's the only machine there. Like, how did you forget the only machine that you have that that's, that's just insane. Now I don't, I'm, I'm sure that's not, you know, voter fraud, but, How does this keep happening in multiple counties in the same state where we just forget a memory card? Isn't there some sort of process in place to make sure that all the memory cards get counted? And, you know, they're doing an audit now. And so they're, you know, they're finding these, but what if we didn't have an audit? That means your vote didn't count if you voted in between or Fayette County or what was the other one? Floyd County. That's just kind of crazy, especially when we had the president of the United States come on TV and say that, uh, you know, he's basically put together the biggest voter fraud organization in the country. Let's pull him up. Yeah, I'm using Zoom because I'm real classy. for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Okay. Wow. Thank you, Mr. Biden. Wow, that's really great. That's just great. Here we go. I guess my camera's not really acting straight today. All right. So Joe Biden is on TV admitting that he has the largest voter fraud organization ever. Now, you might say that's just a gaffe. That's one hell of a gaffe. That's a really big gaffe, especially when you consider that the Democrats spend basically all of their time saying that voter fraud doesn't exist there is no evidence of widespread spread voter fraud they keep saying this over and over and over everybody in the media says it including Fox News which is why I'm not really going to watch them during the day anymore and uh, you know it it doesn't really make sense when we have uh, a party who says there is no voter fraud and also we should use all of these mail-in applications a lot of which are going to people who didn't request them so uh, in Georgia, I'm pretty sure you have to request a mail-in ballot, except my wife didn't request one and she got one in the mail anyway, so somebody's just sending them out and uh, anybody could have filled that in. It didn't have her name on it or anything, and that, that leads to a lot of questions like who is sending those ballots out when no one requested one? It's kind of crazy, right? You know, you'd you'd think that people uh, would actually want to investigate, especially the Democrats. You'd think they'd want to, you know, go through and make sure that everything is, is, you know, on the up and up, because then that makes Joe Biden just the president. He's the guy, because we've proven that there was no voter fraud. And it's kind of crazy that the Democrats also spent the last four years Telling us all that the Russians stole the election and put Donald Trump in place and he is a puppet of Putin, uh, you know, kind of a little bit nuts, especially when they claim that there was so much fraud in 2016. And all of a sudden in 2020, there's nothing to see here. Move on, please. There's nothing that you want to investigate. So these crazy, I'm going to try to keep this PG, these crazy people. Uh, in social media, for instance. Here's one thing they've done. So (laughs) apparently they went and took uh, President Trump's Facebook. You know, it, it says political candidate. It used to say president apparently and they changed it to political candidate. Now this guy is the president of the United States until January 20th. It doesn't matter who won the election that person is not the president. Donald Trump is the president, but they've changed his little Facebook profile to political candidate. There's a lot of these little things that they're doing to try to make it seem like you know, he, he's illegitimate. It's just little things here and there, and that's really how you're supposed to do this. So the, um, the, the left, the, you know, the Noam Chomsky types, Um, They understand that um, the way that you get to a revolution or, or the way that you actually effectuate a revolution is not through violent means because they are not the most violent people. People like me and my friends are the most violent people. They are who can win a war. The people on the left, the people who have never been outside, who live off tofu, who have never shot a gun, who have never been in a fight, who have never, you know, just the list goes on. All those people, they can't really fight a war. They're not going to try. So what they do is try to change the society. That's why they uh, are in teaching. You know, they, they stay in education. A lot of these professors in, in colleges, they don't ever get a real job. They're just in academia for 20, 30 years. So they're just constantly in this matrix of people who don't really know what they're talking about, but, you know, they've read some things in some books and surely that's how it works, but they don't have any real world experience behind it. That's why I really liked going to business school because a lot of my professors were people who actually, you know, started and ran really successful businesses. And then the teaching part is just kind of their retirement. It's not really what they started out to do. They accomplished what they started out to do. And then they said, you know what? I figured this thing out. Let me go teach it to some people. That's how it should work. But unfortunately, that's not how it really works. So in addition to, in addition to Facebook, um, and Facebook is really annoying now, uh, you know, ev- every single thing that comes up about Trump or the election, It says, you know, here, click on our little link and we'll tell you what the actual truth is. I don't think we need Facebook doing that. And I think when they do that, that makes them a publisher. And we should be able to sue them for inserting their opinions and basically making a mess out of our entire country and world, really. But even on, um, well, especially on Twitter, uh, you have these asshats, Jack Dorsey, uh, you know who's who's talked to uh, you know Tim Pool a lot about having a you know a, a way to redemption. You know if you get banned like Alex Jones, then maybe they have a way for you to get, actually get back on the platform at some point. And, you know he 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 always says that he wants to do all these things, and then they actually do none of the things. So why would we ever believe that he actually wants to do these things? Because for some people, you you should believe. What they say. In general, you might believe what someone says, but if someone says something over and over and over and they say, I want this, I want this, I want this, and they never do it, maybe they don't really want it that much. But Twitter, uh, Jeremy Boring, one of the uh, co founders of the Daily Wire, which is Ben Shapiro's company, he put up a tweet uh, where he said that Stacey Abrams is the rightful governor of Georgia. And the only reason she is not in that position right now is because of voter fraud and voter suppression or voter suppression. And um, it didn't get flagged. Everything else gets flagged. Anything Trump says gets flagged. Anything Kaylee McEnany says gets flagged. Anything anybody on the right says gets flagged. But if you make some crazy statement that is obviously not true, like Stacey Abrams is the rightful governor of Georgia, you don't get flagged. Hmm. I guess yeah. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Maybe Maisie Hirono was actually wrong. Maybe there is actually bias against conservatives on social media. It's really, really hard for me to grasp, and I'm really trying not to use uh, a lot of profanity. How these people can justify this in any way is are are there are there large numbers of people on the left being banned? No, are there large numbers of people on the left being uh, suppressed? You know what? What is it they call? Um, uh, I forget what they call it on Twitter because I don't use Twitter. Basically, they they shadow banned. They shadow ban you, so you know people can't find you. You're not really banned. You're still on the platform, but nobody can see what you're posting. So in effect, you're banned. That seems like you know maybe they're publishers. Maybe we shouldn't be protecting them. Maybe. They should be able to be sued. Hey, that'd be great for the Republicans to get on, right? But of course not. No, the Republicans are just going to sit around twiddling their thumbs and say, "Ah, oh, yeah, you know, the Democrats are really our friends, and uh, you know, they they really have our best interest in mind, too." Hmm. Yeah, I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's the case. But let me go to the next one here. All right. Wow, I'm still rambling. <laughs> I forgot I had notes here. Um, oh, all right. So the other thing, uh, as far as um, you know, how how they're trying to delegitimize Trump, one of the issues is that now we've learned through this James Jeffrey guy that oop that's another one. This is the the Walton missing votes. So you know there are missing votes. They're not enough to actually change the outcome of the election but there's still votes that are missing. Oh man, let me go back over here. I can't see because friggin' Zoom. Oh God, all right, whatever. I know I had it up. Nope, that's Google ads. All right, anyway, so this James Jeffrey guy, uh, he was a he was an official with CNN or not CNN. He was an official with Syria. My screen sharing is paused. Stop share. All right. So this James Jeffrey guy admitted that uh, he said they were playing a shell game to keep the numbers of troops in Syria uh, away from President Trump. So Trump wanted to draw down the level of troops in Syria. He wanted to make sure that we weren't just over there killing people in our military for some oil pipeline, which is you know, probably the, the, the right thing, the correct thing, according to the Democrats and uh, maybe most Republicans, most current Republicans. But unfortunately, you have people like this James Jeffrey guy in the government. And he said that there were multiple officials in the military or, or, or in this bureaucracy who are actively keeping the... Why does this camera keep doing that? Oh my God. All right, anyway. So all these people were actively keeping the number of troops hidden from Trump. So he didn't know how many were there. So he thought he was taking a lot of troops out. All right. When in fact, When in fact, they were hiding the number of troops. So Trump didn't know how many he was actually taking out. He thought he was taking out a lot. He wasn't really. Um, So for anybody who doesn't believe that the deep state exists, this is your proof. There are people who are actively keeping the number of troops in a country hidden from the commander in chief slash president of the military. They're hiding the numbers, okay? So and this is where Trump was right, talking about the military-industrial complex, uh, you know, just like Eisenhower did when he left office. You have to keep these people in mind. Anytime, you know, there, there are some wars that are justified and a lot that aren't. And all of these people in these uh, big government positions, they're, they're kind of a, in a revolving door, with all of these corporations. So you have the lobbyists and the corporations and everybody's in, you know, you'll leave the government, you'll go work for this company for a few years and then somebody nominates you for another position, you go back to the government for a few years and then you go back to this cushy job where you're working for some big defense company making hundreds of thousands or or millions of dollars a year. These are the people that you have to watch out for because they are going to do whatever it takes to keep that money coming in which is why we keep having more and more wars, which is why nobody knows how many troops we have in Africa or how many troops we have in the Middle East or or all over the world, because this is how they make their money. And if there's not a constant set of wars that we need to supply, they're not making money. This is why Afghanistan has been going on for almost 20 years and Iraq, what, like 17 years? The longest wars in our history because the military-industrial complex needs it, this is why it's really good that John, uh, John Bolton is out. Trump got rid of him, so we don't have to deal with that crap anymore. But it's not really anything that I think uh, you know we can we can deal with inside this country because we have. So many people in the bureaucracy in the in the executive branch who are are basically accountable to no one or maybe they 're accountable to someone, but we don 't know who that person is, and uh, you know they just lie and their superiors cover up for them and these things just keep snowballing until we have a full fledged war in Syria over nothing so that leads me to the question. At what point do you become an enemy of the constitution? So anybody who serves in public office or in the military, you swear to defend the constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. So what makes you a domestic enemy of the constitution? So there's a Berkeley law professor named Orrin Kerr. Yeah, his name's Oren. So, you know, he's probably pretty smart. Uh, let's see. He, 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 He kind of reads that narrowly, and uh, this, this is a quote that I thought was pretty good. He says that the oath is probably best understood not as an invitation for millions of Americans to independently enforce their own view of the Constitution, rooting out domestic enemies as they see fit, but in its historical context as a promise to oppose political reforms outside the Constitution, you have a You have to stay loyal to the government that is based on the Constitution and you can't support a rebellion or overthrow of that government. Now, I don't think uh, someone like James Jeffrey is being loyal to the Constitution or the government uh, that represents the Constitution when he is actively thwarting the commander in chief being able to take troops out of a country that we shouldn't be in. I think that probably makes you a domestic enemy. Uh, other domestic enemies would be people on the left who have said that uh, we should scrap the constitution, just get rid of it. We don't need it. I'm pretty sure that makes you an enemy of the constitution. If you say, let's just get rid of it. That makes you an enemy of that document. Does it not? I mean, I know they only added this in 1861, uh, you know, because of the civil war or war of Northern aggression, however you want to say it. Um, when, uh, you know, people inside the country, including, uh, you know, basically half the military basically said, screw you to the government, we're going to do our own thing and have our own country. Uh, so, you know, I know it wasn't added uh, when the constitution was written or or really any time around that. But uh, I, I think it's really necessary because, you know, there are, there are a lot of enemies that we have abroad. There are also a lot of enemies here. And it's, become very apparent that they want their way and they're going to do anything that it takes to get their way, including, uh, you know, in the 60s, uh, you know, there were hundreds of bombings and now you just have riots and uh, they'll take over parts of cities like Atlanta. They'll just set up a little militia area or Seattle and um, it's not really going to end well. So, Another thing, the Insurrection Act of 1807 all right, authorizes the president with certain checks to use force in the event of unlawful obstructions, combinations or assemblages or rebellion against the authority of the United States and make it impracticable to enforce the laws of the United States by the ordinary course of judicial proceedings. Now, again, um, obviously this proceeds, uh, you know, the, the domestic enemies concept, but I would think that we are at that point as well when the, uh, you know, or, or close to it, when the Supreme Court basically just makes things up uh, so that they can keep a law in place, like when John Roberts said that, uh, you know, Obamacare, it's not actually forcing you to buy a, a product from a private company. No, it's a tax. So it's okay, except that wasn't anywhere in that law. What they should have done if they were a legitimate court is say, this is unconstitutional, send it back to the legislature, the legislature can pass it again. That's how this is supposed to work. But apparently they're a rubber stamp and they just want to keep things going. And John Roberts is one of these guys who thinks that the, uh, you know, the people's opinion of the court is the most important thing. So he doesn't really want to rock the boat. So he doesn't really care what's actually constitutional or legal or inside a statute. He cares what his decision would mean to the opinion of the American people about the Supreme Court. So basically he's just gonna let mob rule take over. So, you know, great guy, great guy, right? Uh, Anyway, so in other other news, uh, there's several vaccines now. And uh, the first one, I think it was Pfizer, was about 90% effective. And now they have one or, or maybe two that are 95% effective. And that's really good uh, because I don't want to cancel Thanksgiving next year. And I don't want to cancel Christmas. And I want my kid to actually grow up around people and not just stay in our house all the time. That would be really good. You know, if he actually has a social life, you know, something like that, I don't want him to be like me, basically. Because I grew up in the middle of the woods. Not really around a lot of people a lot of time, uh, so you know I'm kind of introverted and uh, don't really talk all that much except when I have a camera on apparently. But um, I don't want them to be like that, so it's really good that the vaccines are in place. Now um, I think uh, you know I'm not going to get this vaccine. Maybe maybe I might because I work with a lot of older people because estate planning. You know a lot of my clients are older. My kid is certainly not going to get it because the side effects from the vaccines are worse than the actual illness would be for him. So maybe we just keep him you know, as he is. Maybe I get the vaccine. My parents can get it. And then my kid can be around my parents. And then everybody's good, right? Which, uh, you know, there's a, there's a crazy theory that, um, and again, YouTube, don't, uh, don't ban me because I'm saying this is crazy. Uh, I have heard people uh, say that uh, they think Fauci and and some of these people were actually developing the coronavirus years ago, and uh, you know they created it, and uh, and that's how we got the vaccine so fast. That seems kind of nuts. Um, maybe it's not. I mean, I don't know, but uh, you know that's that's out there. Um, and, and, you know, because of this, New York is shutting down schools again. Uh, they're, they're canceling all schools, I think, what Friday, um, which is really stupid because children don't really pass this on very much and they certainly don't get that sick from it. They're more likely to die from the flu than they are from coronavirus. All you, basically, all you have to do is keep them away from their grandparents and everybody's going to be okay. You know because e- even parents you know if you're 30 if you're, you know you're under 50 and you don't have severe pre-existing conditions you're gonna be fine i mean that's how it works and now it's even better because now they know not to put you on a ventilator automatically and now they have you know remdesivir and all of these medications that they can give you so that you have a, a better chance of survival but um uh, so new york is shutting down the uh schools and of course, since uh, Fulton County is uh, run by idiots, they are too. So they're gonna, just gonna shut down the schools for the rest of the year because you know so many, so many children are dying, right? Oh, wait, they're not. They're not dying. Cases are increasing. That's how you reach herd immunity because a lot of people, I think, I haven't taken a poll, but a lot of people I think would be like me and not give their kids this brand new vaccine because anything that's brand new is going to have issues. Like you don't buy a, a, a car. You don't buy a car the first year they come out with the new one, like the 2020 Corvette. That thing is beautiful. But even if they were available and I had the money, which I don't, uh, I still wouldn't buy one in 2020 because it's a, it's a brand new model whole new uh setup there's going to be bugs and issues along the way so you never buy the first one you know you wait maybe the second third when they've kind of figured out all the issues and fixed everything and then you get something that is basically the same as the first one but without all the screw-ups so uh you know i don't really know where i was going with the car thing but uh, in other hypocrisy news, Gavin Newsom is out partying and now there's pictures of him at this place, even though he's telling people in California that they can't have Thanksgiving or they have to have Thanksgiving outside with like, uh, like family groups. I don't even know how they, 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 they mean that to happen, but like basically it can be no more than two hours and you have to be outside and you can only have, uh, I think, less than 10 people and you have to have a, a certain number of family groups which is, you know, you know, that's pretty rational, right? Um, why else would they do it? You know, I'm sure there's some scientific reasons for that. Uh, except for the fact that there aren't. So being outside, yes, UV light seems to kill this virus faster than pretty much anything. Uh, which is one of the reasons why Brett Weinstein thinks that it was created in a lab. because obviously you know it, it, a virus can 't really be passed all that quickly in the wild if it can't appear in UV light, maybe since it was in bats, maybe that 's one reason why that might develop, but uh, it 's kind of beside the point, but uh, you know this this whole two hour limit is is that how viruses work, so if you 're just around somebody for less than two hours, you can 't spread it that's that 's pretty good I mean basically. I can go do anything I want other than a football game. We can just go do whatever we want, which is what Gavin Newsom is doing because uh, he like everyone it seems in politics in California and especially the people who came through San Francisco, he really doesn't give a damn about anybody except himself. And it's really funny to me that Kimberly Guilfoyle who I think is like engaged to Donald Trump Jr. now, uh, she was married to that guy previously she used to be on the five on Fox and um, they, they talked about how she was married to him. And um, maybe she just marries people who she thinks are going to be in power. I don't know. Um, but anyway, uh, so it's, uh, wow, well, it's kind of late. I'm going to go to Kroger and buy a bunch of pepperonis to eat. So I'm going to end this thing now. And um, I know nobody's watching and uh, especially nobody's watching this far in because on my last video, it was a uh, 53 seconds was the average time that people watched it. So, you know, great. Um, I kind of prefer that people not watch these because um, my rantings are going to get uh, more and more out there. And eventually I'm going to start talking about aliens and parallel universes uh, and a lot of stuff that um, I guess QAnon would uh, kind of support, except no, no, just no. But, um, that's it for me today. And, uh, I guess we will do one of these maybe tomorrow or Friday. Uh, the reason it took a week for me to go through this last time is cause we went to the beach, uh, because my in-laws are, they, they decided to sell their beach house, uh, largely at, because of my, uh, mother-in-law is spiteful and she doesn't like that people can actually drive on the beach. Uh, But, you know, it makes sense because the several hurricanes have washed the beach away pretty significantly. So they're basically driving over the place where we sit when we're out there on the beach. So uh, that's, that's a thought to leave you with. Um, They can do that because they're going to sell that house. Um, if they don't sell it, it doesn't really matter. They don't need the money. They don't have any mortgages. They have, uh, a very expensive beach house and a very expensive house in Atlanta. And, um, that's, uh, all due to the fact that my father-in-law is the hanger king. So he's, uh, he always, he he says that, um, it doesn't really matter what you do. You just have to be the best. So (laughs) I tell people that he sells hangers but he's the best hanger salesman in the world. So uh, that's uh, why we weren't here. But anyway, uh, so again, I'm rambling because I don't have notes in front of me. So uh, Plain English Podcast, if you, uh, if you like it, probably don't. Subscribe to our channel, uh, like it, and uh, we're on Facebook and uh, see you later.